We're getting handsy on this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast, and joining me to talk about Party Man B-Side, Feel You Up, is Aisha Staggers. Welcome back to the show, Aisha. Thank you. Glad to be back. <laughs> Glad to have you here. I know we were just talking about how you weren't uh, extremely into the Batman soundtrack the way some of us were, but when I said I was doing B-Sides... <laughs> And I and I mentioned "Feel You Up." You're like, yeah, that's a song I can I can talk about because you actually like "Feel You Up," even though it's a Batman B-side, correct? Right, right. I do, I do. I actually heard it when it was on uh, the hits and the B-sides, and so that's the version that I'm most familiar with. But you were telling me before we got recording about the long stroke version, which I actually knew about, but I've never heard. And like I said, I still have the 1999 Deluxe and haven't opened it yet (laughs) to listen to anything. So I plan to do that during my vacation next month. Yeah. So I think one of the most interesting things about Feel You Up is probably it's complicated history not really complicated just it has a long history for a song that didn't end up until 1989 being a b-side to the second single off of the batman soundtrack so feel you up dates all the way back to i think prince fall dates the original feel you up to uh late 1981 so the very early recording sessions for 1999 when prince was starting to record songs that would end up on the 1999 album and okay. so the the version of Feel You Up that's on the 1999 Super Deluxe Edition that came out in 2019, I believe dates back to late 1981, which, you know, this is eight years prior to that being finally released as a B-side to Party Man. So I think that is a pretty interesting tidbit of information. And then Prince decided to re-record it in 1986 with a slew of other camille like songs like um i think he was recording it around the time he was recording housequake and rebirth of right. the flesh uh, rock the hard and funky album. place yeah black elm rock hard the funky place i mean so he had his camille moment in late 86 and it was gonna so he decided to take this 1981 song it didn't make the 1999 album re-record it in his camille voice put it on the camille album but then of course camille got scrapped and then this song, Feel You Up, never made it on any configuration of Sign of the Times, which is what we ended up getting out of some of those songs or the Black Album. So it took another three years after it was done before Prince decided to finally give it to everybody as the B-side to Party Man. So that's kind of interesting. I mean, it has nothing, the song has nothing to do with the soundtrack, with the movie, uh, Camille is not a character that he sings from the perspective of on the Batman soundtrack because Camille is not a character in the movie. So it's just it's a, kind of like it's a random addition. Yeah, it, it's really quite random. It's really quite random. But when um, you heard it for the first time, the hits and B-sides, which honestly is the first time I heard it as well. I wasn't buying Batman era singles. Um, what did you think about it? Um, well, it, it's the first thing that I think whenever I hear uh, Prince do the Camille voice is um, it immediately throws me back to um, Stevie Wonder's uh, Maybe Your Baby, which is which is literally where he got the Camille voice from, the idea at least from, um, from that 1972 song from um, Talking Book which if people had been paying attention to photographs, that's actually one of the last albums he bought at Electric Fetus 
um, before he passed away. And I always flash back to that voice um, because I did see Prince perform that song with Stevie Wonder at an Essence um, festival or something to that nature. And when they sang it together, Prince actually did that part and he did, he did his Camille voice a lot. So it was really, it was, it's really great like to make those musical connections whenever I hear Prince. And so it it's obvious that it doesn't fit in the Batman era when you listen to it. It's something that um, really does put you back to like 1987, 88, um, that sound. Um, when you said it came from 81, it makes sense because I think like, but the, the phrase fill you up kind of like the last time I remember hearing that was in 16 Candles. And so that tells you how <laughs> long ago that was. Um, and so it does make, you know, it, it does make sense that it was written in 1981 or so and first recorded then because the language, it, it's yeah. like the ni- early 1980s language. But the spin for, for you know, the 87, 88 version, um, it just, I, I think you can really see how he was doing things that were different to kind of separate himself from what he was doing with the revolution. You can actually hear this this complete shift because mm-hmm. in some ways the musical aspect is reminiscent of things he did in 84, 85, 86, but just bringing that, that nuance there with that Camille voice, he experimented with it with um, Lover Money, but here it's it's, it's even more catching. And I think the reason is because the background vocals aren't as layered as they were for Lover Money. Yeah. And uh, the other thing, like he was really experimenting the difference musically. I know this isn't a music podcast, but between the 81 version and the 86 version is the addition of horns. So the, the 81 feel you up has a very distinctive synth line. And then that is taken out. It's not completely removed, but instead of it being a synth line in the 86 version, he asks Eric Leeds to try to replicate that. And so now Eric is playing that line with his horn. Which is a very distinct um, tonal shift and also very reminiscent of, you know, other songs that he was making around this time, adding a lot of horns in his music. Um, And that wasn't something that he was only replicating horns in the early 80s with his synthesizer because he couldn't, you know, he didn't have a horn player in his band. So here's a funny little tidbit of information. So someone who worked for Rick James told this story about how um, the synthesizer sound, that horn sound that Prince had been using during that era those were programmed by Patrice Russian. Mm. And, Fascinating. Right. And that Prince, um, Prince had been playing them, Rick James overheard, and um, stole Prince's programmed synthesizers, recorded street songs, and then sent them back. <laughs> so the horn sound that you hear on 1999 is very similar to the horn sound. You, they sound identical to the horn sound on um, Rick James's uh, Give It To Me Baby. 
because it's the same synthesizer. <laughs> yep, I can I can hear it in my head now that you say it. That is that is a hilarious story. Those and two, it, man. <laughs> it's this with Rick James, like so like what Rick James was would do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What a what a rivalry they. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, so Prince was horn, like the horns though that he started using when he when he really brought Eric Leeds in. I think make all the difference. Yeah, I think it's it is part of his starting to. Um, evolve his sound because he got rid of the band, but he kept that particular sound. He kept Eric Leeds' sound on saxophones and um, Matt Fink's sound on keyboards. And so I think that he had some sameness there, but also you could see he was going in a different direction here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the strip, it was a very stripped down sounding song in 81 and maybe he would have tweaked it more and added more to it if he actually intended it to be released on an album back then but uh from a musical standpoint it's definitely more fuller it's fuller and more fleshed out in its 86 camille version for sure i would Mm -hmm. say and then you mentioned the the long stroke version the 12 inch version now that is the version that ended up being on the 12 inch release for party man but it was also that's the version that would have been on the Camille album. So the 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 version that would have been on Camille, that's on any of the test pressings that are floating around out there, is the the version that's now called the long stroke version. They just edited it down, of course, for the seven inch because it's like almost seven minutes long. Right. And so they made it a much shorter version for the seven inch. But just to, to clarify, so if anybody ever gets or making their own Camille mix or you know, maybe someday we'll see a, a re-release of Camille, official re-release. That should be the version that you either put on your, your mix or should be on a version that you get at some point in the future is that long stroke version. Well, I wonder is if that is going to be on, um, what's the guy who's... Um, Jack White from The White Stripes? Yeah. I wonder if that's going to be on that he actually made an announcement over the weekend that he didn't intend to change anything or even re-engineer it. He had mentioning that he's going to re-engineer mm-hmm. it. Some fans got really upset and he said he wasn't going to. So it would be in its, its purest form as he has it. Um, I, I'm actually kind of interested in seeing what that sounds like. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because I think a lot of, because the long stroke version, just be honest, it has not been re-released by the estate officially. Right. So if you go on to streaming services, you're not going to find it. And if you want to watch it or listen to it on YouTube, you got to find somebody's unofficial version, which does, of course, like if you have an MP3 version, of course, you can put make your own mix and playlist that includes the, the long stroke. But if you're just trying to make it from what's available to you from streaming all you have is the seven inch version which isn't technically the version that was going to be on camille so just i mean it, it's, it's it's not untitled it's, it's, yeah it's pedantic it's it's not really that important but if you're talking about some purity of the, the original camille pressing it would be the long right. stroke okay. um what else what i want to say about this song it's like peak lascivious prince like this is him being just kind of a a dirtbag a little bit <laughs> with with the lyrics and and wanting to uh you know touch your body like he really gets into the aspects of of uh, sexuality that 
you know, other artists couldn't sing a song like this and probably get away with it quite as easily as Prince can, especially if he's yeah. putting on an alter ego. Um, the song is called Feel You Up, you know, so you yeah. kind of know what you're going to get. Yeah, and I can understand why, like, if it had been thought to be on the um, 1999 album as to why it wasn't really, because, you know, when you think about it, this was really Prince's first attempt at a commercial release mm-hmm. um and that just would have remnants of dirty mind so where no one could really play anything on it so um i i think that decision to leave it off um was one that was very calculated so that it would be you know this 1999 would be his breakthrough I personally, knowing this, feel like he could have left Delirious off and put you up on. <laughs> I just don't like that song. But um, yeah, I I can see why they would have left it off. And then I think in 87, I, I, I kind of wonder what would have happened if he had released the Black album. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel I like mean, parts of his career, the trajectory would have been different. Yeah, the combination of Camille and the Black Album being released back to back years like that—they're—they're uh, they're two very distinct recordings. Like one is a very funk-driven, and one's more playful. And I mean, there's definitely funk in Camille. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Housequake's right. on the on the album for for God's sake, and so is Rock Hard and Funky Place. So it's a very—it's less pop and more funk-driven albums for sure. And you know who knows what that would have done for his next couple of years releases um mm-hmm. not sure it's a, it's an interesting thought thought experiment though yeah i think what um what threw a lot of listeners and and definitely radio executives off was love sexy mm-hmm. that kind of change things and then this, the way that singles were released and the singles that were released um kind of changed it too but it would have been interesting to see how that would have played out because i think that the camille album would have actually had great reception at the time yeah it would have been a kind of a so cool with the black like, album yeah in you had to be in the no kind of situation um because it wouldn't have really crossed over and that's fine um, there right. might have been a few crossover instances, but he didn't. You know, wasn't going to be named a Prince album called Camille. It was Camille. I mean, that was the right. Thing, so. And that that is the challenge. That's why I think the Black album release with some of those songs would have been very interesting. A very interesting release. Yeah, fascinating to to think about what would have been. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's go through the lyrics of "Feel You Up." Um, I'll start with the first verse. I'm digging you for such a long time. You don't even know that I'm alive. Something about the way you walk just really blows my mind. Sorry, but I'm sick of all this jive. Okay. I've been digging you for such a long time. You don't even know that I'm alive. Something about the way you walk just really blows my mind. Sorry, but I'm sick of all this jive. Okay. Okay, so for the first verse, you know, to me, I'm getting vibes of like some of Prince's early works that some of his early songs where he's attracted to someone who isn't really paying him any attention. Kind of the songs that come to mind from his first couple of albums that he was singing songs from this perspective in love from for you 
And uh, I Want to Be Your Lover is kind of like that from the Prince album where, you know, he's got an unrequited crush, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, And these first lyrics, like this first verse, is really just setting the stage of him talking about how he's seen this person from afar, basically. You know, he's had a crush on her. He's, you know, interested in her in a in a romantic or sexual way. But, um, you know, she's just not really paying him attention, doesn't know any doesn't know he exists. It's just he's or he's not on her radar, I should say. Yeah. Uh, but he's sick of all this work. jive. Let's work a little bit. Yeah. Because the, huh. the 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 song opens the same the lyrics pretty much open the same way. And yes, I did get the um I wanna be your lover feel. That's that's something that's very um it's very characteristic in Prince's lyrics. There is there is not an album that he has without a song that um, has these lyrics like, you know, that you're not paying attention to me, I'm trying to get with you, <laughs> et cetera. But the flip side of that is that he then has the songs where he is so boastful yeah, about how great and wonderful he is. But it's um, there's always the romantic aspect expressed in a sexual way in these kinds of songs um because he then relents to like well you know if i can touch you sleep with you whatever i'm going to show you that i'm this great person to be with so yeah that's it's it's, it's kind of funny in 2022 when you say it i'm sure my um near 20 year old daughter would think that was cringy <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these I guess, lyrics get a little creepy sounding if you think about it. I guess in 1981, it's, it's kind of like, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, different time, yeah. When you reevaluate some of the lyrics, sometimes it's kind of like, oh, that, but that's what people were saying back then. But it's uh-huh. not, it, it, it's like, how can you not? She always points it out to me whenever we listen to Prince that sometimes she loves Prince, right? And she's just like, New songs, it's like, oh, <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> explain to me why. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can see how that could be from your yeah. perspective, how that could be. Like, yeah, yeah, we're just so used to it, like, it's hard for us to you grow up listening to it, and it just it's it's yeah. like, okay, that's just Prince being Prince, but for someone yeah. who's new to it, it's kind of like, <sighs> yeah, this is a song about Prince being Prince, and then from a lyrical standpoint, not to say that you know he was ever this aggressively sexual with women i don't know i wasn't there but this is like from a lyrical standpoint from a thematic standpoint as you mentioned there's songs like this all over his discography so it's we're just used to it it's just part of his his stage persona part of his record persona and now that he's got this camille voice that he's using for this song it can be camille's persona camille can be anything camille is everything you know he's camille's all over the board in that album i mean he's he yeah. she's got lots of different themes that is covered in that on that record and what i like about the like the last line you know he's talking about you've been digging you for such a long time you don't know i'm alive what was me what was me and then he says sorry but i'm sick of all this jive so you kind of get the impression like he's going to now take a stand or he's going to make a move or he's going right. to do something to make himself known to her and that leads right into the chorus Come on, baby, 
chorus is let me touch your body baby let me feel you up come on baby come on let me feel you up and he repeats that let me touch your body baby let me feel you up come on baby come on let me feel you up so that's that's his way of getting your attention is to exactly ask that would definitely get women's her. attention but not in a <laughs> positive way necessarily if somebody's not like feeling you and they're kind of ignoring you and then the next thing you ask them is to touch them it's kind of Okay, um, but but that is um, that's one of those things where when he writes that way, you kind of wonder how was he approaching women, you know? <laughs> um, because it's like if this is how you write about it, how are you doing it? And one of the things you have to realize is that he didn't always he didn't really um, necessarily approach women. Alan Leeds and I had this long conversation one day where he was telling me how a former employee felt like they were, um, all their job consisted of was setting Prince up on dates. So if Prince saw someone, he told this person and they would go back and have to arrange a date. And that happened quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, these lyrics make it like today's language, we would call this person being a sex pest. You know, somebody who's badgering somebody else for sex or sexual favors or some sort of, um, you know, physical interaction. But to to your point, there's really been no accounts of this being a part of Prince's uh, history. Like he wasn't problematic from that standpoint, yeah. as we would call today. I mean, there, there's been nobody has come forward and said, yeah, Prince was super aggressive towards me all the time, always touching me, unwanted advances, yada, yada. We don't really hear any of that. And there's been lots of yeah. people that he could that could have come forward if there was going to if he was going to have that kind of personality in real life. Yeah, I, you know, he had his temperament and he had his ways about him, but no one has ever told me that he was like this. The way this song comes off, um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, it, it, it's. It's one of those things where if you are a woman of a certain age and you hear this, it's not something that's uncommon. You've you've heard men approach you in this manner before, right? And you kind of just like exactly like you said, he's a sex pest, right? So it's just like, you know, you wave it off, whatever, what have you, you know, just a man trying to be a man and trying to get your attention. Nowadays, you hear you would hear something like that. Like he couldn't do this song now. Nowadays, you'd hear something like that. And it'd be kind of scary because there are men who are like that who have killed women mm-hmm. who didn't pay who attention. Did, to de- that. Yeah, to decline, right? decline their advances. Door. So he wrote the song for the time that he was in, and it was a safer way of a safer time to release something like that. I don't think that he could have release as a b-side now agreed um the chorus is very um i think the thing is that he goes from this this verse to this chorus and the chorus is kind of a total like flip like wait a second you at first you're saying how you were trying to get with me and it was hard and now all of a sudden you're just yeah really aggressive (laughs) (laughs) very aggressive very aggressive part of me just wonders if this is just you know prince 
putting something out that he would never do, but, you know, using music as a way to express a thought, even if it's not a healthy thought. I mean, there's plenty of songs, not just Prince, but people in general who have written songs that you would question where that's coming from. But when you ask the, uh, the author, you know, they're just channeling some other personality or channeling some dark thoughts that they would never consider acting on but you know just it's it's just a a way to express something creatively that they have in their brain that you know a lot of people have in their brain messed up things <laughs> you know and and to have that creative outlet like you can't blame like anybody who writes a movie with some really twisted things I mean, my default isn't to think that that person is twisted just because they wrote a movie that has something that that's really dark and disturbing in it. Um, and so to to it's not really fair to think that, oh, well, Prince, wow, this is this is really this is really disgusting that he would write a song about just grabbing somebody that he's attracted to without their consent. No, I don't really get that impression. Yes, it it, it sounds bad today. And it wouldn't work today, as you mentioned. It wouldn't work as a B-side today. They wouldn't even consider it. Then again, it might. I mean, there was a there was a man who said just grab him by the pussy and became president. So it is quite <laughs> possible point. it would have it would have been okay. But you know, the thing of it for me is that Prince used the Camille voice very um, selectively. And I think it was to express those things that you said that people wouldn't ordinarily um, come out with some of his darker thoughts and and feelings. And I think that is why he ended up scrapping the Black album. I think for him, that yeah. voice gets those things out um, because you you can tell that when he switched, especially after um, he uh, you know got into the Jehovah's Witness thing. He um, didn't rely on that voice mm-hmm. so much. I, I think that at one time, part of him even thought, thought that that voice was evil itself. Mm. Because he Maybe got to he a did. point where he stopped using it. Yeah. yeah. And just the fact that he pulled a five-year-old song out of the bag, out of his vault, and then attached it, attached it to the Camille persona tells you that he knew the song wasn't completely on the up and up in terms of its uh, tone and lyrics. So he's like, yeah, I like this song. I like, you know, I dig it. How can I make this work? Oh, I'll do it in Camille's voice. <laughs> yeah. And obviously he had an attachment to it for him to put it on the B side of something. Um, I Three think the songs later, that yeah. he's had attachments to that weren't releases or he couldn't find a way to put on an album, he ended up putting them on B sides. Yeah, and he waited three years. But you could tell the songs that he was done with, he was done. They just went in the vault and never to be seen again. But some of the other ones that he did that he might have had like some kind of attachment to um, resurfaced in later years um, as B-sides. Yeah, and then the other, the only other thing that thematically might have made sense is because this is the B-side to Party Man. Party Man is a song that was sung from the perspective of the Joker. The Joker is a violent and you know deviant man so maybe it makes sense to put another song on the flip side that also kind of has the same um ideas of coming from somebody who isn't all there mentally 
and he's okay with you know putting it on that. And they're like, it wasn't going to be a B side of Arms of Orion or Scandalous. Well, Scandalous it could have worked, I guess, thematically. Right. But, but the thing is that Party Man is actually in his Camille voice. There's that, yeah, yeah. So I think Definitely. that maybe he just did the flip side, same voice, you know? Yeah, it's not credited to Camille, but it's using the same. No, but it is voice. obviously that voice. Yep. Yeah, so I guess there, even though it has no connections to Batman, there may be enough connections to Party Man in that single to to make it work for him. Don't add. Yeah, it. yeah, and if you, it, the, the funny thing is that if you think about where it's placed and then the movie, it seems right that that would be a song like attributed uh, to the Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in that scene, he's also attracted or. The Joker's expressing attraction to Vicky Vale in that scene right. as well. Good but point. But he's also a root. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Very crude person. I'm sure this is something the Joker would say. Let me feel you up. Okay, moving on to the second verse, very kind of similar stuff we're talking about here. Something about your body, baby, gets me, really gets me hot. I'm sweating, girl, and it's all because of you. I don't want your credit cards or anything you got. Feel you up is all I want to do. What do you say? So, again, very similar stuff here. I mean, is there anything intriguing about this verse to you, Aisha? No, but you could tell that he's kind of ratcheted up the um, the ante here a little bit, like in terms of the, the expression. And, um, yeah, I, I think that he... Uh, it's kind of one of those things now, like, let's really get to the nitty gritty. This is what I'm feeling. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, it's, it's very straightforward. I, I think the only addition here that makes things a little different is that it, it's straight about, he's very clear that it's not about money. It, it's not right. about your possessions. It's you. Yeah. Yeah, kind of similar to the, what he expresses in Kiss. You know, I just yeah. want some of your extra time and your kiss. I don't need you to be fancy. I don't need you to watch Dynasty. I don't, you know, you yeah, just well, need to give me this. Kiss, <laughs> he wants, yes, he, all right. He he definitely ups the ante, as you mentioned. He, he, wants, he wants to go further than first base. But yeah, that's basically what this verse is doing. It's just, like you said, up in the ante. Um, sweating girl because it's because it's you i don't want your credit cards or anything you got fill you up as what you want it's all i want to do what do you say so we now he's asking what do you say <laughs> but mm-hmm. then he just says he goes right into the chorus after that and the chorus is the same you know let me touch your body baby let me feel you up come on baby come on let me feel you up and he repeats that again but so at least in that yeah. last verse he did ask yeah <laughs> yep yeah yep that is true i'm gonna see if he asked in the uh, 1981 version, let me quickly look. Yeah, 
So in the second verse in the 1982 version, it's very similar. I don't know what you what to do. You really got me hot. I'm sweating, girl. It's all because of you. I don't want your credit cards or anything you got. Feel you up is all I want to do. Okay. So he doesn't ask. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's okay with a question mark, but uh, it's not more. It's more of an explicit uh, question in the revised. It tells you that he knew that times had changed, and that he kind of had to fix that. Yeah. Um, yeah, just subtly, just real subtle. It's very subtle, subtle, but you, but you, it, it's clear that he was aware that times changed and how you talk to women has evolved, and he made the song evolve with it. Mm-hmm. Yep, without changing it completely and just rewriting exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. So then, after the second chorus, we get an interlude, and he's kind of just speaking in this. Like I have a pseudo rap. I ain't looking for a one night stand. I only wanna fill you up. I don't really wanna be a man. I only wanna fill you up. Physical attraction, babe. It's what it's all about. Hot and cold reaction. Fill you up. Turn you up. looking for a one night stand i only want to feel you up i don't really want to be your man i only want to feel you up physical attraction babe it's what it's all about hot and cold reaction feel you up turn you out now it's funny because this this um first made me think about um gigolos need love too and it's really the opposite of that yeah because in that song, there, there's the description of this exact kind of relationship, but wanting something different. Yeah. Wanting something more than just sex. Yeah. Right. That's what Gigolo's right. Get Lonely 2 is all is about. The, um, <laughs> this is just that look. It's, it, it's kind of like the, the um, end part of uh, I Can Never Take the Place of Your Man. You know, I may be qualified for a one night stand. Here, this is all he's talking about. I'm not sure if it's a friends with benefits situation that he, just, you know, just a, a hookup situation that they get together from time to time, or is it just this one time? Mm-hmm. But what's confusing, a little bit confusing, is that first line in this intro. I ain't looking for a one night stand. I only want to feel you up. So is he literally just saying, I, I don't even want to have sex with you. I just want to touch your body. <laughs> I'm wondering now if this is what he's trying to. Yeah, to say I mean that is that is a confusing thing because it's like it, it's it's kind of like what uh, someone told Torre for his book that you know there would be times where he didn't necessarily want to have sex with people but bathe them <laughs> and just yeah. do all of that stuff. And and like bathe them, literally wash them and put lotion on them and all that stuff afterwards. And maybe that is the scenario that he's describing. I mean, his his thing might be, you know, there are some people who are sexually aroused by just things like that. Yeah, because at first I was thinking, feel you up. Maybe that means that he just wants to pleasure her. But that would be still be considered a one night stand if they went back you know, to her place or his place, and he pleasured her, 
and you know just used his hands to please her but that'd still be considered a one-night stand so it still doesn't really make a lot of sense to me it's almost kind of like someone with a fetish it's like i don't want to date you i don't want to have sex with you i just want to do this let's get together and just let me touch you <laughs> yeah yeah it is a little bit like somebody with that sort of a, a fetish i don't even know what it's called if there is one but yeah it'd be something like that because sure that's what is. i'm getting from yeah right there has to be <laughs> There's a name for it. I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's really what this is saying is I just want to feel you up. So he's really, really focusing on the touching aspect of this attraction that he's got for her. Just wants to feel her up, physical attraction, hot and cold reaction, feel you up, turn you out. So he definitely wants to, I mean, I, I take it that last line in the interlude, turn you out, really is to kind of like say, I want to turn you on. I want to give you an orgasm i don't know yeah really that, that's what i take it to mean yeah so um, yeah this is more about again him pleasing her through touch yeah interesting okay so then he uh he starts begging a little bit come on baby come on let me feel you up come on baby come on let me feel you up which is just lines from the chorus just uh just not a full chorus there mm-hmm. come on baby come on he says it real fast at this point <laughs> And then finally in the third verse, what's the verdict? I don't like suspense. How can you resist my burning touch? Something about the way you walk just really blows my mind. I never wanted anything so much. So again, he's he's asking for her. Technically, he's asking for her permission. What's the verdict? Um, I need you to tell that him. Part about the burning touch. How can you resist my burning touch? How would she know? Is that one of those situations where he like put his hand on her shoulder to say these things? It's, it's kind of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It it is. It's it's like sending mixed messages. It's like I don't. I need your permission, but I'm also probably already touching you a little bit. I just need to let you know, or I need you to let me know if I can go further with this. You know, it's funny to me not. is when Prince does uh, these songs like this um, about not you know not getting the attention. It reminds me that I think on one hand, as fans, we see him as the ultimate, and that you know someone who could steal your girl, whatever, whatever. But we have to remember that that wasn't his reality in high school in those early 20s years. Mm-hmm. And and how much of that did he internalize? You know, and how much of that did he still see in himself, especially when he had other people arranging dates for him? And, and you think that, well, you listen to these lyrics and you're kind of like, well, there must be part of him that still feels that way or or can be in touch with that part of himself that existed at one point in time you know especially if um, he wrote this in and, 1981 <laughs> yeah and he and he pulled from it to um write some lyrics and, and it it's prince has his, his contradictions and one of his contradictions is that he didn't um really think about the past or what have you, or or reminisce or whatever. 
But yeah, he kind of did because he pulls out these things in the in the songs. And um, you know, uh, I was told by someone who actually saw the contents of the vault and had been there, and that he kept a lot of things. Like maybe he was a hoarder. I don't know, but he was. He did hold on to things from his past. So I wonder if, you know, he would go back into those feelings to write some of these lyrics. I, I am a writer. So I, I do all the time pull from different aspects of it and experiences throughout my life and how I felt for those things. So I wonder if that was something that he did as well when he was writing song lyrics, particularly like these. Yeah. I, I've wondered that as well, because I think a lot of his a lot of these feelings seem to be expressed more in his early works mm-hmm. where maybe those feelings and those uh, memories were still fairly fresh as opposed to when he's 40 years old, you know, writing songs. I mean, he still did, though, not to say he didn't. There's still songs if you got to seek them out a little a little more difficult to find them. But they're there where he still feels that sometimes like he's behind the eight ball when it comes to, uh, you know, getting an attractive woman. But then I said the contradiction, then you'll have another song right after it that is about how amazing he is and how how easily he can steal your girl. So (laughs) it's just it is quite it is quite an interesting contradiction. Right. And and you realize that sometimes these lyrics are more genuine to who he was. I think the lyrics about, you know, yeah, I can steal your girl is really bravado and image creation on his part. Yeah, that's fair. The thing I like about verse three is almost like how he delivers these lines. He doesn't deliver them in the same way that he does in the first and second verse. Like he's more agitated. He's more aggravated because, you know, he's at this point, he's at his wits end. He wants the verdict. He doesn't like suspense. He says, how can you resist my burning touch? So and he says, I never wanted anything so much. So he's really kind of getting, like I said, aggravated and agitated towards this woman because he's waiting for her to respond to give him the the green light to go ahead and continue to touch her or yeah, take I her need home to reevaluate how i felt about the song those lyrics back when i first <clears throat> heard it when, when the b-sides came out compared to now because now it's like i sit and i think i'm like the aggravation in his voice you know is is the frustration it's like it's kind of creepy <laughs> the song can now, be considered creepy, yes. Right now. Um, but when I first heard it, I didn't feel that sense of it. No, most of us didn't. Most of us didn't. Mm-hmm. There's lots of songs, not just Prince. There's lots of songs that I've revisited over the decades. And yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I don't want to play this in front of my kids. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's usually what it boils exactly. down to. I don't I think want to play it in front this- of my kids. I played this in front of my daughter a couple of weeks ago and she kind of was like, huh? (laughs) You could see her just perk up like, what? What did he just say? Yeah. 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 That's what it's, it is what it is, but you know, I mean, it's still a funky song. Um, It's funny. He was ahead of his time at one time and then behind the time when you go back and look at it, it's fun. It's so funny. I think you could probably find aspects of that just about every artist from 30, yeah. 40 years ago. There's just, there's going to be dated stuff, dated lyrics, yeah. dated. But, but when you think about it in context, it was ahead of its time because no one was writing lyrics this blatant like this, not since the blues. 
Mm-hmm. And it's also funny that because this song was released after Love Sexy, you know, like this really purifying, righteous, spiritual album. And he still wants to, you know, he didn't really think that it was a big deal to still express like, this is still me to an extent. You know, but I'm okay with putting this out there. Again, because in Love Sexy, the song Love Sexy, when you listen to like the whispers in the back, he's, it's very, it's very sexual. Very much so, yes. <laughs> that so, song has a lot of sex in it. But yes, you could take the boy out the streets, but you can't put him in church. <laughs> and keep him there and expect me and keep him there. Yeah, yeah, good one. Well, there really isn't much new else in the song. The only other thing that only other new lyrics or different lyrics than what we've already talked about is just the line, I've been digging on you for such a long time. I've been digging on you. That's kind of like in the interlude towards the, the end of the song, but that's just another expression of how attracted he is to this this person, this woman. He just does a lot more of repeating of the chorus. Um, he does a more repeating of certain lines, like, I ain't looking for a one-night stand. I only want to feel you up. I don't really want to be your man. I only want to feel you up. It says, uh, feel you up, sugar, sugar, at one point as well. So really, that's, in essence, from a lyrical standpoint, that's the song. There's there's nothing else that he expresses lyrically that we haven't already talked about. It's just a lot more of just the jam with, you know, Eric's horns come in more in the second half of the song. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the long stroke, he has even more of uh, Eric Lee's horns in it. So, I don't know. That's Feel You Up. I think we've kind of covered it, considering that it's just kind of a straightforward, kind of raunchy, without being explicit, um, sexual. Yeah. And as we talked about a little bit, like, hmm, kind of questionable lyrics in, in 2022 lens. But, you know, that that was Prince doing Camille. Camille could get away with a lot of things. And so this is what yeah. Camille was getting and, away and with. And at the time, like I said, when it when it came out and I heard it, I didn't it didn't like catch me the way it does now. Like when I heard it, it's like, oh my gosh, it's just you know, it's a Prince B side. It sounds great. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> yeah, and it was really in line with you know the persona that he had put out there being just kind of very sexually focused. Right. Uh, not afraid to express uh sexuality you know in a very overt manner so it it wasn't really that different he was just yeah of course he's talking about things that are i mean he's asking for consent but for the most part the the chorus does not imply that you know let me feel you up i want to feel you up the chorus without the lines like asking for consent you just take the chorus isolated it sounds worse than it really is yeah my thing is that i think um the the Camille persona for him was, like I said earlier, was able to express things that Princess himself couldn't. And so it's very, it, it's very interesting when you hear, whenever you hear that persona come through on different songs, the songs are, they're very aggressive. Yes, they are. And, and it's like, you know, the Camille, the Camille persona is very confident and doesn't really care. And I think that at the time, that Prince developed that Prince was starting to care a lot because people were questioning how funky he was, et cetera, et cetera. And the Camille persona was the part that's like, you know, I don't care. Mm-hmm. This is who I am and I'm going to show you, you know, what I can do. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that, I think that makes sense as to why he re-recorded the song in yeah, Camille's voice. I think that's voice. one of the things that has carried out throughout all of his music in his life. Like even, for example, even with um, um, Welcome to America, uh, the song Born to Die, it, only because, um, what's, what is his name? Cornel West said that he couldn't do what Curtis Mayfield did. And then Prince, I'll show you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, Born to Die is very Curtis Mayfield-esque. That's the thing so that strikes that me about taken, that. Yeah, I think he's done that throughout his career and just found different ways to do it and, and different ways to put it out there in this Camille version, um, this Camille persona. And, you know, this song and others like it are just one of those ways. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you there, Aisha. Do you have any other final thoughts on the song at all anything you haven't expressed yet that you wanted to touch on before we close it out no i just need to go look for the long stroke yeah it's out there on youtube it's not again officially released but the version's out there so it hasn't been flagged hasn't been removed so take a listen it's pretty cool all right well where can people find you and what you're up to aisha um people can find me on twitter at capital A I S H A capital S T A G G E R S or um Instagram at AK Staggers or you can also catch me and Jill Jones and Dr. Vibe Saturdays at 9 p.m. Um we do state of things with Aisha and Jill. We talk politics, popular culture, all things newsworthy. And if you follow me or follow Jill on twitter you can get the link to the show when it comes out saturday all right i'll put links in the show notes as well for anybody who's interested in the show all right well thank you so much for being on the show aisha i appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your day to talk feel you up with me (laughs) it's a pleasure as always i enjoy it This has been the Press Rewind Prince Eric's podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. You can find the show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, PressRewind.net is the host site. Links are all over the social media sites. So check it out. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.